You're listening to Toronto's number one real estate podcast, powered by Watson Estates. The most successful local real estate investing starts right here, right now. Here's your host, broker, investor, and social media influencer, Bradley Watson. Good morning, investors. We're back again with some updates from this morning's news to share the latest tips and tricks and everything going on in the world around us as COVID-19 continues to make itself known here in the city of Toronto. Today, specifically, I want to talk about a few things. One, we're going to start off by talking about rents, how they're being affected by the COVID-19 struggle, as well as where they're going in the future. But I also want to talk a little bit outside of my box, which is residential real estate, and go into the commercial side just for a moment and talk about what is the government doing as businesses continue to close around us And then we're going to wrap it all up talking about virtual tours. Are people embracing them or is it something that's just not good enough? Now, with all this chaos going on around us, there's nothing that we can cling to other than maybe a really good sale at Apple. And you've probably seen the articles that iPhones are on sale at their cheapest ever. The iPhone SE is selling for $399. And in comparison to the value iPhone at $699 that had sold a a while back, it's quite a good deal. So if you're looking for some good news, go buy yourself an Apple iPhone. Uh, just don't buy it for your high school kids because they're going to get bullied when they get back to school. And uh, so anyways, just wanted to bring some uh, humor to what's often a very negative environment in our marketplace. But uh, at the end of the day, as we're kind of seeing these numbers, of course, we're on a downtrend because everything is shut down. The negative news is just so much in our face. And sometimes we need to cling to something like an iPhone in order to get that positivity back. And Apple sure capitalizing it. And I'm sure that their stocks are going to do well as well because of it. So as you know, in the last few days, we've been doing daily podcasts, sharing with you some of the really cool things that are going on on a daily basis because it's just too difficult as we continue to do our weekly content, which will continue to come out on all platforms on Watson Estates as well as here in Toronto's number one real estate podcast. I wanted to make sure that we were giving you guys up-to-date info as well. And so today we're going to dive in. We're going to start on the side of rents. I like to put the juicy stuff first. So Toronto rents decreasing month by month report. This is from nowtoronto.com. Just want to share with you what rents are doing. We've discussed rents in the past couple months as being a bit softer already. And this is all in advance of COVID-19. There's been a lot of construction that was being created that was purpose built. And if you go back and watch some of our content on that, you'll see that all happening. But of course, now COVID-19 is adding an extra element to it. So this is what this article is talking about. And I'll, I'll begin reading it. In their national rent report, Bullpen Research and Consulting and Rentals.ca found the average rent in Toronto dropped by 1.2% between February and March 2020. Average rents for condo apartments declined 4.1% from $26.48 per month in March 2019 to $25.39 per month in March 2020. So we are seeing a, instead of a level marketplace where rents are staying kind of flat, which is what was anticipated, at least in my book last year, now we're actually seeing it go even further to a decline. It's kind of a perfect storm that's happening in favor of the tenant. And I was on a podcast that I uploaded yesterday. I did that on a good Friday with my good friend De Niro B and he asked me about rents. And I, the short of that conversation was that it's going to look very good for renters And so now here we are a week later and we are seeing this playing out because the numbers are just working in favor of the tenants and everything seems to be a perfect storm. So this article, what I like about it as well, it goes in explaining why rents are decreasing. So a few reasons, I'll read this paragraph, 
uh, coronavirus pandemic has already impacted the housing market in Toronto. Tenants are withholding their rent out of necessity and solidarity. Eviction orders are on hold. And the number of home sales in Toronto dropped by more than 85% this month. So we've got people withholding rent, which is a big impact and a big fear and uncertainty for landlords and people wanting to rent. So maybe I just won't rent it out. If I'm going to put somebody in there and they're not going to pay me next month and all this advocacy in favor of that, why not just wait two, three months? And at least I'm guaranteed that I don't have a tenant that I'm fighting in court for the next six months. As well, we get the number of home sales happening. So people who would purchase a property, flip them around and put a tenant in there has slowed down dramatically. And uh, they're saying in this article, 85% this month has been dropped. So if you guys are following me on this on a daily basis, this number is growing every single day. Last week, we were talking 30%, which was the stats from a monthly basis. Uh, yesterday, we mentioned 80%. The headlines now are saying, in this article anyways, are saying 85% this month. Now, what's changed between a few days ago and today from 80 to 85%? I don't know, but these numbers are getting far more generous and I would anticipate, as I kind of mentioned when what was happening in China, because we're going full blast lockdown, maybe not in the same way, but at the same level as China, I expect that's going to end somewhere between 90 to 95%. That's just my guess. But the reality is, is what's the difference between 85 and 90? We are shut down. The taps are closed. Meanwhile, the short-term vacation rentals are temporarily banned in the province. And this is, uh, for for example, former Airbnb listings and being injected into the long-term rental market, which we've again talked about in the last few days. And so all of these things are creating this environment that in, in this quote, according to Ben Myers, said that rents could, uh, in quotes, plummet. And I love how they just throw the one word and quote out as if it's like, do you think it could plummet? And then he says, yes. And so then they go turn around and quote it saying it could plummet 20%. Could it drop 20%? Perhaps. I mean, maybe, right? It could, if you were to ask me if it could, but is it likely? Probably unlikely, at least in the short term, we're not going to see it drop that quickly. I mean, even if the rental market were to get flooded, is it going to add an additional 20% long-term rentals? Uh, I don't think so because the long-term rental market is also taking a beating as far as um, the different rulings and regulations that are set on them and they have for years and a lot of people have turned to short-term rentals for things that will still exist in the long-term rental space when everything is said and done so I don't think that's going to happen that uh, fear-mongering they're throwing at the end there but still very interesting to me that the rent rates are coming down rather than being flat a year ago I thought and actually it might even go back I don't know where I said it but I'm assuming in some of my predictions videos that rent would be relatively flat for 2020 and, uh, and so now we're seeing that it's actually coming down because of this extra criteria that's been laid on our, in our real estate environment. Okay, let's move over into the commercial side of things. I wanna talk about businesses and what they're doing. Now, I am not an expert in commercial real estate. I think there's a misunderstanding that people who do residential also do commercial. Sometimes that's the case. Those are the people you don't really want to be working with in our industry because they don't have any ground in any environment. The commercial real estate industry is completely different, very, very different from residential real estate. I'm actually helping a commercial real estate agent right now, someone who works in that environment, and we have conversations that we chuckle over some of the major differences, and they are astonishing. And not only that, as you jump into the commercial space, every transaction is different depending on the industry you're in. There are commercial brokerages that specialize in all different areas. For example, you'll have someone who deals only with tenants in the leasing side of um, a retail uh, businesses. 
So on the retail side, and th these are uh, people, so my wife Sandra used to work for a commercial um, property manager, and they would work with brokerage who only work with the tenant side in a leasing deal in the retail space. So they are so sp specific, and these businesses make it in such a way that if you have something, like let's say all of a sudden there's a landlord uh, opportunity or client comes up, they pass it to their buddy, and that person deals with it, no strings attached. So they don't even touch, even within the commercial space, they don't touch each other's deals. So I'm not going to pretend to be an expert in the commercial space because that would just not be fair. But I do want to share this article because obviously, as the commercial real estate market takes a hit, this trickles down, the businesses trickle down to employment and it does affect the residential real estate market. So it's definitely important that we at least touch on it and get an understanding of what's going on. So this article here is called, What Will, impact, what will the Impact of COVID-19 on the Toronto, what will be the impact of COVID-19 on the Toronto commercial and residential real estate market? And uh, we're not going to touch the residential side because uh, we're, we're doing that in other places. But on the commercial side, financial pressure on small businesses, the commercial real estate market has ex experts worried. If a lockdown exceeds a two-month period, which is a very probable case, a lot of businesses are likely to fold up even the government wage subsidy and help that CMHC is provided to the real estate market. Coupled with the fact that businesses are strongly integrated the work from home policy in their official work templates and may have to let go of some employees. It is projected that demand for commercial real estate will go down. So not necessarily good news in the commercial side. The article goes on to say the ripple effect of COVID-19 protective measures like border closures could be a significant decline in the number of immigrants into Canada this year, which we do know. We talk about this immigration dropping off, just absolutely leveling off, which is a huge part of our economy. And uh, here's why. And this is actually very interesting to hear it on this side, too. This will definitely have an adverse effect on the commercial real estate market in Toronto, which use which used to receive a boost from immigration influx who open or buy businesses when they arrive. So these people that are coming, those people, as Don Cherry likes to say, you people, they're coming, but they're not just they're not just taking from us. They're actually purchasing and opening businesses and they're, they're being innovative. They're bringing their intelligence. They're bringing their wealth to our country in many cases to the point where it's actually now affecting our commercial business because they're being limited in coming over here. Commercial Realty had a 3.7% rise in sales during the 2019 year over year review, which was lower than the residential market. So last year we saw a very substantial double digit increase in a lot of our real estate here on the residential side but in the commercial space they saw just under four percent and it says here in these uncertain times whoever is predicted that sales in the commercial real estate market would reduce significantly since while many small businesses may shut down not many new businesses would start until they become sure about the future so there you have it so you're a little nervous about your home but so is your neighbor who runs a business and needs to make a lease payment this uh, coming month and uh, and so they are double screwed because they're feeling the pressure on that side as well uh, if they're a small business and ultimately it's coming back down to the commercial landlords who's charging these rents so I want to touch on a couple more articles because I, I want you guys to get a picture of this kind of dialogue that's happening between advocates um, and uh, local individuals here in Ontario as well as with the province and and People that have the ability to make decisions and to throw money at people. And I want you to show. I want to show you what kind of talks are happening on both sides. Here's another article from BlogTO. Toronto's urging the province to stop landlords from blocking out businesses on April 16th. Before I read this article, one of the things that I need to clarify with people is um, the difference between a tenant that's on the commercial side and a tenant that's on the residential side. On the residential side. You guys are probably aware, especially a lot of you who are 
currently landlords or property owners or tenants that in the event that a rent payment is not collected, there's a process to have that person evicted because at the end of the day, there's, that's their home. So you can't just kick them out. There's a process. So you need to fill out the correct forms. Some people will just submit a, hey, get, get out letter. That's not effective enough. And this is where people start scamming landlords. There are, there's a process you need to fill out with the landlord and tenant board. But ultimately, that could take you, even if, if they go ahead and appeal and you've got a, a tenant that's wise, it could take upwards of six plus months. However, on the commercial side, it's a little bit different. Commercials are far more regulated in that this is not your house. You agreed to a contract and now you're going against it. Not only are they able to be locked out, this is why it says locking out businesses. They can lock the door and say you are not allowed back in this unit until you make your rent payments. And not only that, the landlord is allowed legally to hold the items in the store and sell them in order to recoup their damages. So businesses are not anywhere near the same level of protection as residential and so these are these are these will have big impacts on the business owners and hopefully these guys are incorporated but you could have a small mop and pop shop that get completely screwed over because they maybe signed an agreement and went you know over their head so hopefully that's not happening but it has some serious impacts on locking out a business it's not just a matter of you guys we can't just say um defer your rents like deferring your rents will have a, a far greater reaching impact. Uh, we're not dealing case by case. We're dealing with a lot of money. And uh, and so they're not cool with that. So the approach to this whole thing has now been, okay, well, what if we can get rent or you know either have some money be supported to us? And so the government has been working hand over fist to try and get money to the tenants. Um, and they've been setting out these criteria. So let's talk about this article. So it says here, it's getting down to the wire for local business who have yet to pay April rent and city councilor Paula Fletcher is urging the province to stop landlords from locking them out. One thing to mention as well, this article did not come out yesterday. This came out the day before, which is important because we're gonna see what happened yesterday. The Ward 14 uh, Toronto Danforth representative issued a press release today, which was two days ago, calling on the Ontario government to stop landlords from locking out businesses who haven't paid April rent due to COVID-19, there you go. Tomorrow, April 16th, commercial landlords can lock the doors of small businesses that have not paid their April rent. Here we go. We're on the clock. Last month, Premier Doug Ford announced that the province uh, would be halting all evictions for residents, but the provision did not include commercial tenants. They are not protected in the same way that you guys are. They can't run around with their picket signs saying don't pay rent. They're not doing that because they can't. They did issue, as you guys know, a list of essential businesses that are permitted to remain open, but many of those have been excluded are experiencing financial hardship with over 75%, listen to this, 75% of downtown businesses saying they won't be able to make May rent. That is a massive number. So maybe they did make it in April, but it's going to get harder and harder. They're making no business. They got no clients by, by ruling of the authority of the state. And so now we're, we're caught. And so it says here, while the federal government has created a Canada emergency business account to help aid small businesses, many in Toronto have said it's not enough. Mayor John Tory, so here's our local guys fighting on our behalf, have urged the province to protect small businesses from evictions earlier this month. But so far, no measures have been implemented. All right, that's two days ago. Come yesterday. So next day, Trudeau unveils a rental assistance for small businesses, loosens loan qualifications. So here's what's going on, guys. This is the dialogue back and forth. The federal government says it will be expanding the emergency loan program to allow for more businesses to be eligible, while also rolling out a new program to assist with rent and lease costs. On Thursday, which is yesterday, 
Prime Minister Justin Trudeau announced that businesses who spent more than $20,000 and $1.5 million on payroll in 2019 will be eligible to receive a loan from the Canada Emergency Business Account. So I like the way I like to look at this, you guys are feeling it too, is everybody's getting a handout, right? We're, we're trying to keep everybody up. So it's uh, akin to that meme of Oprah giving a car to everybody. You get a car and you get a car. Except in this case, it's you get a loan and you get a loan. Everybody's getting free money, right? Not free money, I guess. It all, it'll all circle back. But for right now, here you go. And uh, the CEBA rolled out last month gives eligible businesses a $40,000 loan with $10,000 in forgiveness. So they're expanding this thing. Previously for businesses with payrolls between 50 to a million. So it's stretched from 50 to a million now to 20,000 and 1.5. So they've, they've expanded it. Trudeau said that that, that more than 195,000 loans have been approved for small and medium-sized businesses since its initial rollout. So this program is working and it's going to it's going to continue to grow. And Trudeau has announced a new Canada Emergency Commercial Rent Assistance Program. That's the key here. So they have announced a new program that will now provide rent assistance to commercial clients. This is not residential. Let's not be mistaken. But we did talk a few days back that maybe there will be some relief on the rent side. There's been a lot of advocacy on the residential side as well. But the, again, we're not seeing deferrals on the commercial side. And so we got a rent assistance program coming out, which is said to will help small businesses pay their rent for April, May, and June. And here we go. Trudeau said more details will be on the way f after the federal government convenes with individual provincial leaders. So all of this, hopefully you guys are getting this conversation. And again, I am not a commercial expert, but it's so interesting to me to see the dialogue happening between our employers and our government and these small businesses that need to continue to operate in order to make sure that when we come out on the tail end of this thing, everything is running smoothly. And so they are asking for support in the same way as individuals are. And in, in a sense, they're getting it because we're seeing a like on a daily basis, a response coming from the government in order to just throw money to make sure you they can stay afloat. So it'll be interesting to see if uh, this can translate as well on the residential side, whether rent assistance does play out. But regardless, the government is doing everything it can, and it's going to continue to pump out money and spend whatever it takes to keep our economy up and to protect what we've worked so hard to achieve over the last couple decades. Okay, so let's move on off of the commercial topic. And I want to talk briefly before, uh, about the virtual home tours that we're seeing, uh, as well as I want to share with you kind of a cool thing that's that's come out uh, in the last day or so. So here's an article from Toronto Stories. It says there's been up to a 500% increase in online virtual home tours in Canada. That's a pretty substantial number. So now that just tells me that nobody was watching my damn virtual tours I worked so hard on putting together for all my listings. But now they are. But it's great. The timing is perfect because now there's no listing. So there's a 500% increase of virtual home tours. I don't know how that stat works out. If it's as a percentage of the number of tours, maybe there's less tours going up, but more people are looking at them and it kind of inflates the number. But regardless, there are a lot of people looking at virtual tours these days. The article says, now that open houses and showings have stopped, the entire real estate industry, including buyers and sellers, are relying on virtual home tours to get eyes on potential homes. Down in the article, it says downtrend in March to April with online users reaching out to agents dropping nearly 35% in just over a month. That's interesting. Um, just as a, as a side to our business, I do occasionally, so we are affiliated with CREA, Canadian Real Estate Association. They are the ones who operate the Realtor.ca website. There's other websites too. Some people pay to get leads and whatever. Um, I've tried it out 
early on when I first started in the business, but realtor.ca does generate leads because you'll go on and you'll say, oh, I see an article and you're, you, so if I have a listing and you say, I want to view this, especially when I've got a, a low price offer that, that becomes very interesting conversation, but we'll receive leads from people who inquire about that property. Um, and a side note of that, at least for me, if you think you're going to call me and get a deal because you're coming to me directly, uh, I work on behalf of my clients. So good luck. But we do get leads out of these and some people will milk those leads. And so what they're saying here is we've seen a dropping off of 35%. That actually seems very low. And those are definitely time wasters right now. So good luck to you newbie agents out there that are using those leads, um, at least as your primary source of, of revenue. But yeah, so so the people are less contact is happening with agents. The article continues, buyers and sellers are also spending less time on Canadian real estate portals with numbers down roughly 10% in April when compared to January. Again, shocking to me that it's only 10% transactions are down upwards of 80 plus percent. And yet the numbers of people looking on portals is down 10%. Um, <clears throat> now, again, this is coming out from... Um, CMHC and uh, this article, I don't know where they compiled this from actually. According to lot, it's called Logic, uh, Local Logic, a real estate portal. They're actually reporting an increase of between 200 to 500% of requests for virtual home tours on the pandemic has taken hold. So <clears throat> we're finding that there is a larger um, demand for virtual home tours out there, of course. And uh, the question is, We've kind of uh, alluded or and talked about this a little bit on the well. Will virtual tours replace? I'm getting articles from the Canadian Real Estate Association and all of these uh, different associations we're a part of are really heavily encouraging us to go online and go virtual in a space again where we're dealing with close to retired individuals. Like we have a very high age range in our industry. And so they're not familiar with generally with virtual um, tools and and um, uh, virtual tours. We now we've in certain areas. If you go into some of the smaller neighborhoods and some of the more rural areas, they don't do a lot of virtual tours. That's what I find. As you get closer to the city, you get a little bit more. You spend a little bit more on the listing and do a better job marketing in order to stand out. But it also comes down to the quality of the agent and the the effort they're putting into that particular property. But I do not see, personally, I do not see virtual tours ever, or at least not for a long time, not in the next decade, replacing the need to view a property. In some cases, perhaps, uh, but in my client base, from what I'm seeing, and I deal with a lot of young people, a lot of investors and people that maybe don't even need to live in the home, they still want to see it. Unless they're somebody that's international, that's familiar with this kind of investing, those guys are a little more comfortable, but even they have somebody local that will take a peek just to make sure that the property looks good. And so I cannot see virtual tours replacing, but good for them. Maybe this is an opportunity for us to get some of these uh, old farts over into our systems and making sure that they're familiar with how they work so that on the tail end of this, you're getting better representation on your listings. And uh, one other thing, a little sneak peek that I promised I was going to share with you guys is um, that I received an email from the Canadian Real Estate Association and they mentioned that there's a new stream feature. This came out, this article came out yesterday. I have not looked into it, nor do I plan on looking into it for a little while, but it's pretty cool. So 
as you guys know, open houses are restricted due to social distancing. So what they have done, and also we're seeing, ironically, and in separate articles from right, what we just listened to, Realtor.ca is getting a hit as far as leads. They're getting a hit as far as traffic, and they want to represent their members. And so they have been working in the last little while on putting together this live stream feature, the idea being that you can film an open house while you're there and share it on Realtor.ca so that people can go and watch an open house uh, in the same way they would have done a tour or gone to a property. Now they can go do it during a time frame on Realtor.ca. So if you're sitting at home and you're thinking, well, I wanted to do an open house and, you know, the weather's beautiful out there, even though we just hit snow in the last day or so. Uh, but you want to go out and you want to see an open house. Maybe there'll be a few of them out there that'll that'll put some uh, fun, happy entertainment on for you. And you can watch it from the comfort of your living room. And so just another feature that people are trying in the digital space to to encourage people to buy. But let's be honest with ourselves. I know for me personally, even if I saw a cool virtual tour of a, or an open house and I, I like the property, I am skeptical to say the least. I would still make sure that even if I did submit an offer, I would have an opportunity to go and view that property. Uh, so that's it for today. That's some of the major headlines. As we always say, make sure you uh, leave us a review on uh, Toronto's number one real estate podcast. And we're going to continue to put out awesome content. And we're going to continue to do videos, as I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast. But I always love getting articles from our listeners. Feel free to send those over. You can find our email um, in the uh, description of our channel. And uh, I look forward to connecting with you guys again. I'm going to try and hit another podcast for you tomorrow morning. I'm going to keep the good times rolling and the information streaming. I'll see you next time. Take care and keep it real. <laughs>